We are in Doctrine and Covenants section 12 and 13 this week. And section 12 was given to Joseph Knight Sr. And this was something that um, Joseph Smith said about him. For 15 years, he has been faithful and true and even-handed and exemplary and virtuous and kind, never deviating to the right hand or the left. Behold, he is a righteous man. And it shall be said of him by the sons of Zion, while there is one of them remaining, that this man was a faithful man in Israel. Therefore, his name shall never be forgotten. And I loved that. And it went on to say um, in the history that he brought Joseph Smith and Oliver Cowdery provisions so that they could keep up the work of the translating, which made possible for them to not stop and do it in the 65 days. It just is so um, touching to me. And I just, as I read this, I thought, what blessing would God have in store for a man who so saw and believed in what Joseph Smith was doing. The church hasn't been organized. He's not been baptized, but they, he, like Martin Harris, would pray to know what more would you, how more would you use me? What else can I do? He's already tried to give his all and to help. And it just is so touching to me to know of people who truly this is their attitude. What more can I give? What more can I do who truly seem to live in this life focused on the next and focused on centering on what God would have them do in this life? It's so touching to me. And I know we all know many, many stories of people like that. And I just love that. Okay. So, of course, it says a great and marvelous work is about to come forth. And as I thought of that, I just thought of how many stories do we have in the scriptures of great and marvelous works throughout the ages of the scriptures. And right now I'm studying Hezekiah in the Old Testament and reading this series of books, um, historic fiction about him. And so touched as it talks about this little nation, Judah, who dares to stop paying tribute to Assyria, who has defeated every surrounding nations, and all of them are slaves to them. But Hezekiah is so touched and moved um, by the scriptures and knowing that they have not served God as they ought, that he is the only God. And so he has the courage to quit paying the tribute and because of his grandfather, Zechariah, and, and studying the Torah. And as all those around him continue to say they will fail and they will be defeated, he continues to turn to the Lord and be guided. And it's just so touching. And he uses the example of David and Goliath. And there's so many examples. Moses parting the Red Sea. What miracles do we have that God can perform? And so as he calls it a great and marvelous work, and we think of the numbers of us who are members of his covenant church who have had the privilege of having those ordinances in our life and being taught about priesthood power and taking those, making those covenants. What a gift, even though we're 16.5 million, which is nothing compared to the grand numbers of people who have lived on the earth and who live here now. That is so many that came from these original six 
who were the first members of the church. And it is overwhelming to me to read and think of the great and marvelous works and they that be with us, those who have gone on before are more than they that be with them. And we can have no doubt God is a God of miracles and all he has prophesied and said through the mouth of his prophet and through the mouths of prophets through the ages of scriptures will come to pass. And it's got to just make you feel so grateful to be part of this great and marvelous work. Okay, I love in verse 2, it starts with, I am God. I love that he identifies who is speaking. Give heed. And as I looked up the definition of heed, it says to pay attention and take notice of its watchfulness and consideration. And to me, it just reminds me of the words, just do it. I think it was President Hinckley that once said that in a conference talk. And it made us laugh because that's Nike's theme. But we thought, isn't that great that President Hinckley would say, just do it. Quit arguing. Quit thinking of excuses not to just do it. God is a God of miracles. And this great, marvelous work is going forth. Be part of the team. Just do what he says. And I love that. Okay, it talks about the reaping in verse 3 and bringing others and gathering. That is how we have everlasting salvation is being part of that team, having that desire to bring others like Joseph Knight Sr. had that desire, like Hiram had that desire, like so many that we have read these revelations that start the exact same way. What a beautiful thing that they had a desire to be part of this team and so do we. And the way we get everlasting salvation or joy is to be part of that team and bring others to him. So we pray, how can I do that? And anyone in verse 4, it tells us, who has that desire is called. All you have to have is that desire. And guess what? You're on the team. You've picked your captain and your captain is Jesus Christ. And I love that. Therefore, if you will ask, it shall be opened And then in six, seek to bring, oh, let's see, ask, am I doing the right one? Yeah. Um, As you as ask, then it says, keep my commandments and seek to bring forth and establish the cause of Zion. And that so correlates with Hiram's where it said, seek to obtain my word and then hold your peace and obey with your whole heart, soul, and mind. And that just kept circling through my head last night. Seek to obtain, hold your peace. And obey me with your whole heart, soul, and mind. And I just kept thinking, okay, how can I better obey? And I love that. And then in verse 7, behold, I speak unto you to all who have desires. Again, any of us that have that desire and it's President Nelson's, look for those who are seeking for God to prevail. It's across the board. There are so many who have that desire at this time. So many are being humbled. So many are turning to him. So many recognize that in this chaos and in this COVID and in this pandemic and all of these things that are happening, earthquakes and fires and political unrest, all of it, you, there are so many that have turned to God and are seeking to be part of his team. And I love that, all of those. And then it says in verse eight, so all of you who are seeking, no one can unless you are humble and full of love and have faith, hope, and charity. 
be temperate, which means quit arguing, be <laughs> quit being, which is a word that I really, really love. Be sober. That's how it talks about Moroni, and that means he was temperate. Um, thought about serious things of the gospel. So I love this. And the thing that I really loved about that verse is acknowledge that we need God. Be penitent. And that comes through repentance. Isn't it a gift that we have to acknowledge we need him, that we have to acknowledge we can't do it without him? What a gift that we tether ourselves to him. That is the gift, and that is how we become humble. Um, there's a really awesome quote in the student manual that says, how does one get humble? To me, one must constantly be reminded of his dependence on his dependence on whom we depend, the Lord. How, re, how remind oneself, I'm reading this weird, how do we remind oneself? By real, constant, worshipful prayer. And I would add to that scripture study. And so really, what a gift that we have this tethering, bind my wandering heart to thee, and a reminder, and that is humility, that we need him. And love comes from wanting those, everyone on earth, to have the same gift that we have, and that is the gift of the temple. Um, I had a student's mom text me and say, just so you know, as Last semester, I was teaching her, and I had taught her in ninth grade, and I'm not teaching this semester. And she reached out and said, just so you know, she has decided she wants to serve a mission, and the greatest desire of my heart would be to go through the temple with her. I have not gone through the temple. And she said it's come again and again to ask you to pray for a miracle that I will get that opportunity and what a privilege to have her reach out to me. And, and man, will I pray for her for that gift and that miracle. And that is love, to desire all to have that greatest gift. I'll never forget when one of my friends that I had had early in our life in Washington, when we had lived in Washington, D.C., we had become very close friends, and she was not a member of the church. And we were close for years, and then we moved, and she moved, and... And periodically we would keep in touch, but out of the blue, it had been a long time. She called and let me know that she was going through the temple, that she had joined the church. And that was the day I knew what passing out joy is. When it talks about Alma and the sons of Messiah and passing out joy, I have felt that before. And that love is truly desiring to bring others to the gift of the knowledge that we have of covenants that bind us to our Heavenly Father and to Jesus Christ, but also give us the Holy Ghost to guide us and to warn us and to walk with us. He did not send us to walk through life alone. He lives and exists to make life easier for us and gives us the Holy Ghost to do that. And I love that. Um, in verse 9, I love that he ends again with his testimony. I am the light and the life of the world. And I just, again, he says, give heed with all your might. And the thing that I thought is of that scripture, are we not all beggars? Do we not all come to the throne of God begging for his help? Do we not all have weaknesses? Do we not all need our Savior? We all do. 
today I had the privilege in, of um, participating in our wards scripture study class and it was all centering on symbolism and the symbolism they centered on was the sacrament but um, one of the sisters that helped with it really centered on the messianic banquet and talked about so often we think of the law of Moses the sacrifice that we they did leading to the great and last sacrifice the savior's um, crucifixion and atonement and then we partake of the sacrament looking back at what he did but she said this messianic banquet is what is to come and again it's him coming the second coming and so as we partake of the sacrament we need to remember we are looking forward to that day with faith in that day that he will come he is and she compared it to lehi's vision he is the light and the life of the world and we desire to be those who partake of the fruit and fall in gratitude at the at the tree at the feet of our savior for all he has done for us and so i so loved that it was just beautiful okay in section 13 as you know it is all about the priesthood and what I love about that is that sweet Oliver Cowdery got to be part of this. And it said that they came to this, they had questions about John the Baptist, as you know, and where, where he was, if he was still here. And, and so then they also came um, looking forward to baptism and how to have the right keys for baptism. And, and so they prayed about this. And what I love is it said, God came down clothed with glory and delivered the anxiously looked for message and the keys of the gospel of repentance. What joy, what wonder, what amazement. And then it goes down and says, where was room for doubt? Nowhere. Uncertainty had fled. Doubt had sunk. No more to rise. While fiction and deception had fled forever, forever. But, dear brother, think, further think for a moment what joy filled our hearts and what, with what surprise we must have bowed. For who would not have bowed the knee for such a blessing when we received under his hand the holy priesthood? And again, I was so emotional thinking how grateful I am for the privilege and blessing of being members of God's church, 16.5 million. We are an army, and yes, we are small in comparison, but as David and Goliath, as generations before, as the Egyptians and the Israelites, it doesn't matter if we are outnumbered as Hezekiah and Judah and the Assyrians. It doesn't matter. God is the God of all, and he is a God of miracles. And I love that it calls it the keys of the ministering of angels. And I thought of those boys who pass the sacrament and men who give us blessings and our fathers and our brothers. And I love thinking of them. I thought of them for the first time as I read that as angels. And I can say, I don't think I've ever thought of those priesthood holders as angels before, but they are, they minister in God's name. And what a gift that we have access to that. When my son was sealed in the temple, the man who was doing the sealing said, 
some of you may wonder if you are worthy or wonder if you have gone too far astray, which was so in tune and so beautiful because I know my son wondered. They were married civilly first and then married in the temple. And he said, when you got baptized, you entered the gate, you entered the path. Now it's easy. You just stay on that path. And that came as I read that and thought how lucky we are. We have the priesthood's guidance, that we have the Holy Ghost, that we have the keys of the ministering of angels. God exists to help us on that path. He has given us tools and the opportunity and the ability to use those tools to make our life easier, to keep us on that path, tethered to him. How blessed we are. Now it's easy. We're on the path. Let's bring others to the path and then stay. And we stay by doing what he told Hiram, what he told Joseph Knight Sr. Seek to obtain the word and love him and obey him with your whole heart, soul, and mind. And I just love that. I pray you know the church is true and how blessed we are to have it. And more than that, I pray you know how much our Savior loves you.